This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are live in the Ingalls studio. As always, first hour of the program brought to you by our good friends at Ingalls Markets. Ingalls-Markets.com. Ingalls Low Prices. Love the savings last night on Monday Night Football. It was the barn burner to end all barn burners. It was something. I'm telling you that, look, here's, here's how you can gauge how good last night's game was. Typical Monday Night Football games, I'm dead asleep on the couch by the third quarter. I was awake for every second of that game last night. And especially when it got down to the fourth quarter, or at the end of the fourth quarter, and there were two touchdowns and two field goals scored in the last six minutes of the game. One of them was on a 30-second drive by Derek Carr and the Raiders to tie the game to send it into overtime when you thought Justin Tucker just put this one away. You know, it's completely opposite of the Thursday night game where you look at that and the Dallas Cowboys score. They leave a minute 24 on the clock and you go, that's plenty of time for Tom Brady to make the comeback. 34 seconds is not enough time for Derek Carr. Sorry. I know, I know, I poo-poo Derek Carr way too much. Uh, Yeah, especially when he threw for 435 yards last night. He did, and he was throwing darts. It was, you know, there were a couple of missed throws in that game. Everybody's, you know, circulating the video of Darren Waller just running down the seam wide open, nobody within 15 yards of him, and Derek Carr dumped it off to somebody else. Well, And and I I really, solely because I got a lot of questions about this. Yeah. If he's not in the read pattern, it's not necessarily. You do realize that he can only see what he can see, right? If he doesn't look that way and it's not part of the progression, he's not going to go that way. Right, but it's really weird because it seemed like every other possession he was only looking at Darren Waller, which is not true. But that's what everybody made it out to made well, it out to be. Because at know. the end of the game, Darren Waller ends up with nineteen targets. I saw that a lot on social media last night. Is there not another receiver on this team? Derek Carr sucks. Uh, like guys, those people are just bad. If you can this. look at Derek Carr last night and go, that dude sucks as a quarterback in the NFL, you've got a problem. Yeah, you don't really know how football works. And this is coming from a guy who is constantly down on Derek Carr. He was really good last night. And it was the surprise ending that got everybody. Like, you you were waiting for the moment to come. You were waiting for that, uh, dare I say, Baker Mayfield moment of Derek Carr is going to give this game away. And guess what? He did. First drive of overtime, throws the interception in the end zone. Not his fault. It was a good pass. He probably threw it in a little hot. But there again, your receiver's got to come up with the ball. Uh, the interception happens. And then Lamar Jackson did the Baker Mayfield thing. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I'll tell you the same thing I said on Twitter last night. There was a really good quarterback on display last night on Monday Night Football. And then there was Lamar Jackson. So there's that. He's done something with the way he throws the ball. Yeah. 
And it comes out at Mach 4 every time. I don't care if he's throwing it 4 yards or 40 yards. <laughs> it comes out of his hand with flames behind it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's trying to show everybody that he's got an arm. There were multiple times that I really felt like if Sammy Watkins had been mic'd up, mic'd up yeah. he would have just looked at him and gone, could we take a little off of that? Because <laughs> that is coming at me really quickly. Yeah, calm down there, Chief. Um D- Lamar Jackson with the uh, with the fumble at the end of the game. Carl Nassib goes in and gets the strip sack. Raiders take over. Then they come in and you thought, well, surely this is over. They ran one play, and then the field goal unit comes out. You go, oh, good, they're doing the smart thing. They're just going to kick this thing and be done with it. Then they got the delay a game penalty. The offense comes back out, and lo and behold, next thing you know, Zay Jones is wide open behind the defense. I wish there had been a camera in my house for this whole that that whole transition. Right. I had two of the biggest fantasy leagues I'm in. I had Daniel Carlson in both. One of them I was up by .02 points. The other one I was down by half a point. I'm sitting here going, huh. I need points. Well, I'm conflicted because if he misses this, I'm going to lose them both. If he makes it, I win them both. Right. If he just goes back to the sideline, we'll call it a fun little split. And that's what you got. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, Unfortunately for you, they did not let him kick the extra point. If they had, you'd have won. You won uh, both. Yep, th- that's not how that works. No, that's not how that works. Uh, once the touchdown is scored, we don't kick the extra point in overtime because what's the point in doing that? Thirty-three to twenty-seven, final score last night. Um, okay, I, I got to ask the question: Was the Raiders win last night on Monday Night Football the biggest surprise of the weekend? The biggest surprise? No. Oh, I th- I don't know. I think it was. No, well, the biggest no, surprise Houston. of the weekend. <laughs> no, the biggest surprise of the weekend is the Saints just boat race Green Bay. Well, if you told me yeah. New Orleans was going to score thirty-eight points and the over wasn't going to hit, I would have said you were doing way too many beers. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, you are right. That was a big surprise as well. Uh, I didn't think the Houston Texans would score thirty-seven points in the entire season. I don't. So. Th- I didn't think the Houston Texans could score thirty-seven points on themselves. <laughs> And then last night the Raiders beat the uh, beat the Ravens. I still don't know what the Raiders are, and I think you're wrong. I think they showed you what they are—a team that can get really lucky because they got really lucky. I don't Let's agree with honest. you. I'll be honest with you. If you'd only watched the second half of that game, you would think the Raiders won that game by three touchdowns, flat out. They were the better team for thirty minutes. Yeah unequivocally first half it didn't go so well and yet as poorly as i thought they played in the first half i had raiders fans messaging me back and forth as poorly as they played they were down a touchdown at the end of the first half and i went you can't really be upset about that because you're in prime position i wasn't surprised i can't say it all but it wasn't much I've told you all offseason long, this Raiders team is better than you want to say it yeah, is. You, the you pass did. rush was good. They didn't run the ball hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And when they did, they didn't do it well. And you still beat what we think to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Indeed. You can't say, oh, I don't know what you are. I, you're a team that can beat anybody. Yes. They but are they a team that, that can beat anybody. But now, it felt like they were that team last year. No, I didn't think they could beat anybody. They beat after Kansas. They, I, I know what you're going to say. they beat the Chiefs. On a bad day. It was a bad day for Pat Mahomes. He's had two of those in his entire NFL career. So, you know, I didn't put a whole lot of stock in that. 
What I did put a lot of stock into is you go up and down the sheet here. The Raiders had a ton of penalties. Uh-huh. They were undisciplined as they could possibly be, mm-hmm. and you still won. Yep. This is not like Baltimore shot themselves in the foot. They just didn't convert. Right. And a part of that is that that Raiders defense was better than you thought it would be. They didn't execute. Execute. That was the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, they did not. Uh, the Ravens did not execute. Surprise John Harbaugh didn't try one of those uh, maybe they should be executed quotes. Well, it but, worked so poorly for Brian <laughs> Kelly that I think we can retire that one for a bit. Yeah, I don't think anybody else is going to try to go down that path. Uh, and I'll but, be honest with you, I didn't denigrate Baltimore for anything that happened last night. I still look at them as almost verbatim the same team that I did. I mean, I know. I, yes, I believe they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. I looked at that offensive line last night and went, this is not good. Like, you got some problems. Like, Ali Villanueva was not he good. He was bad. And he was bad through the preseason. We kept hearing the reports coming out of camp that he was struggling. And you saw it last night. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the prospects are for this Baltimore Ravens team going forward. But I still believe in them way more than I do the Raiders. I don't. Oh, come on. Not way more. By the way, Ali Villanueva, lowest-rated tackle of the weekend. Nice. Good for you. Ronnie Stanley was four. Number four worst. overall. Oh, the no, four, four worst. worst. Okay, yeah, There yeah. were only two in between them. Yeah. The rookie was Alex Cos- Leatherwood one? <laughs> Taylor Lewan. Alex Leatherwood was five. You were <laughs> okay. close. You, you beat me to the punchline. I mean, Leatherwood was getting beat like a drum last night as well on the Raiders' side. Who was the other one? Taylor Lewan and... Oh, Sam Cosme, the Sam rookie Cosme. from the Washington football team. Okay. The offensive line play was not good for either team last night. Um, but I can't change my mind. I, 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 it did not change my mind drastically on the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, it changed my mind a little bit, especially on Derek Carr, of thinking, man, have I been that wrong on you this whole time? But he's had games like this before. But it's not sustained success. And I think that's what I need to see. I need to see sustained success from Derek Carr before I will believe that this Las Vegas Raiders team is anything better than, you know, a just above or slightly below 500 team. Because now 500 records are not possible. So it could be nine wins, could be eight wins. I'm still stuck in that area with them. Maybe, maybe they'll threat threaten for a playoff spot. But I gotta see. I gotta see them do it again. It's the same thing with the New Orleans Saints. Like I don't know what was going on with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is not doing that again. No, and I don't think that they're going to get housed like that in another game all season long. Aaron Rodgers was the uh, QB 35 in fantasy, which is weird because there's 32 teams in the NFL. Uh Uh-huh. There were three separate teams that had two quarterbacks that were better than Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The New England Patriots was probably one of them. Or, I mean, uh, the Washington football team was probably one of them. Even though he took, like, what, 10 snaps in the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick still was better than Aaron Rodgers was this week. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't see that happening again. 
Just like I don't know that I see the Ravens falling on their face again. And they were competitive. I mean, obviously, it was, it was the most competitive game of the weekend. I just don't think it can change your mind about either of these teams. I do. I mean, Baltimore was obviously dealing with all the injury issues that they've had. And I don't care. Really? I don't care. Okay, so what injury is it that, that, that everybody's losing their minds about? Oh, they lost Marcus Peters. I got news for you. There's not many more overrated corners in the NFL than Marcus <laughs> Peters. Now, was Anthony Everett not just... Well, buddy, he was bad at times. Uh-huh. I get it. That's not who was defending Darren Waller for the vast majority of the night. Well, you knew that was going to happen. No, you knew I, you were but what I'm saying is that none of these things matter. You had mm-hmm. two weeks to prep for this. Mm-hmm. This is not a short week Thursday night game where the Raiders just got them. No, you had two weeks to prepare just like I did. The game plan for the Raiders was better. Straight up, it was better. They looked at Baltimore and said, you lost Ngakwe because he plays for us now. Mm-hmm. You lost Matthew Judon. You don't have Marcus Peters. So what are we going to do? We're going to throw right into the teeth of your defense, and you can't stop us. And they didn't. And they didn't. In large part, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They did for a half. I don't know how many yards Derek Carr had in the second half, but if my math's right, it was about 270. So, yeah, to me, for that to not change your opinion, as somebody that has poo-pooed the Raiders all offseason long, mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me. If you don't, I, I'll ask you the same question I asked you this morning. Do you really look at the Raiders now and say there are seven teams that I definitively know are better than them in the AFC? No. No. You can't look at the Tennessee Titans and go, I know they're definitively better. Oh, you mean right. the team where the head coach just called out their star acquisition <laughs> right. for doing a thing I can't say on this show? No! You can't say it about the Colts. You can't say it about any team in the AFC Mm -hmm. West that's not the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't say it about the Browns. There you go. There you go. I mean, if you're going to go qualifier definitively better, no, I can't say that. There you go. So, yes, I do feel a little bit differently about them. But do I still believe that those teams are better? Yes. I still believe Cleveland's a better team than them. But we're just going to have to wait and see. And that's the joy of the season is it's just begun. It's only just begun. <laughs> Week one is officially in the books. And, oh, how about, how about the stadium last night? I was impressed. There, were a lot of, there was a lot of hype Raiders fans in the building for that. It felt a lot like a Laker game. There were a lot of celebrities around there. Well, you knew that was going to happen. With them, and you with did. the first game in Vegas and all of that, you knew that was going to happen. And you did, but it was just so theatric. And I mean, I, that, I guess that should have been predictable. I mean, I, I get that, yeah. but and I think that should have been predictable. Uh-huh. You got Bruce Buffer doing the "It's time" before the game, which I thought was so corny. <laughs> and I love Bruce Buffer. Yeah, but I I just look at everything that happened last night, including the Peyton Eli Manning thing. Phenomenal. I, I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. No, stop. It was good in small doses. Uh-huh. I couldn't do it for the entire game. First of all, the game is on this little itty-bitty screen. I don't care about looking at Peyton Manning's head. On your little itty-bitty screen? What are you watching it on, a 13-inch television? Well, no, you know how big the on, television in my house yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, on, I mean, my television is almost as big as yours, and I didn't feel like an itty-bitty television. Yeah, I want the whole screen. Oh, you want it I all. can listen to Peyton and Eli, but I really am here for the game. Your commentary's <laughs> cute and all, but I don't need right. to watch you give it. No, I loved it. I loved every second of it, and I will not watch another Monday Night Football game without it. I won't. 
as long as they're doing the Manning Brothers uh, podcast or whatever the heck that was. I'm going to be in on it because the analysis was good. They had great stories to tell. It was a lot of inside baseball. Were you watching when Ray Lewis was on? No. I I only turned that on a couple of times. Oh, when Ray Lewis was on. And they were telling the story of when Eli was a rookie quarterback and they were playing the Baltimore Ravens. And Ray Lewis is on the other side and it's the quarterback's job to call out the Mike linebacker. And he's going, 52's the Mike, 52's the Mike. And Ray Lewis goes, I'm not the Mike, it's the other guy. (laughs) Like he told the opposing quarterback which was the Mike linebacker. (laughs) I thought, I love little stories like that. The interviews were good, they were funny. The you know and they mixed in a lot of analysis and told you how plays broke down and whose fault it was. I thought it was great. I now adamantly want to do an uncensored version of that for Thursday Night Football with Pat McAfee. I want <laughs> yes. to make that a thing. Yes, that could be fun. I I'm all the way in. Yeah, you're gonna get, call Pat's people and we, see if you can hook that up. We we know a lot of the same people, so I, <laughs> I feel like I can relay that message. But I thought it was I thought all of it was great. It, the atmosphere in the stadium was great. Uh, you know, the the fact that we got to see that two billion dollar monstrosity just packed to the gills with people. I didn't see the 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 nightclub though. Did they ever show the nightclub? I didn't in the see end zone. It. See, I and, the, and things like that. I just don't care. I do like the pool in Jacksonville. Like, oh look, we have a pool. <laughs> I, I, I think, and like, I think things cares? like that are cool, and it just. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the football of the field, obviously, but they can add something to the atmosphere. A pool in a football stadium or a nightclub, that's like when people tell me that we put a bidet in our house. Okay. I mean, that's fun, I guess. I don't, doesn't really add any value for me. You never used it? No. I, I haven't either. I heard they're great, though. I'm sure it's lovely. Yeah. But to me, that's one of those things that if that's the highlight of your house, you got a pretty dumpy house. <laughs> no way. That's how nice our house is. The water shoots water. You know, the toilet shoots water up your uh, tuchus. It's great. If that's the highlight of your experience, <laughs> it's a pretty dumpy house. <laughs> you need something else to draw in I think that stadium's fantastic. It is. It's in great. spite of the fact it looks like a mixture of a Roomba and the Death Star. Mm-hmm. That thing does look like it should be trying to terrorize a uh, a small village. Yes. Like, I expect it to fly away. <laughs> That's something a, only a, a, a dependent of Al Davis would concoct. A dependent? I, I can't think of the word. Descendant? Descendant. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, yeah. You know, it's I just, mean, there was a time when he was a dependent. I just re- I'm sure he was. For tax purposes, I'm sure he got a job credit on, on Mark. But... I'm telling you, these late games, yeah. having to get up at 6-something in the morning to do the morning show. Right. Okay, can we not? I understand you're doing this for people on the West Coast. I don't care about people on the West Coast. I'm not those people. I don't care. Wait a minute. Was it not you yesterday that was complaining that there wasn't a double header? That would have been even later. Yeah, well, I got old, okay? <laughs> All right, it's been what, eight months since I've seen football. Right. I don't stay up to watch anything else. I wasn't captivated enough by the NBA Finals to go, yep, I'm going to stay up and watch this until one fourteen in the morning. Uh, the, the game had me so amped up I had to stay up and watch the newest episode of Ted Lasso. 
I still don't know what that is. <laughs> ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and fourteen hundred. The Sports Tag with Jeremy Green. What teams have we changed our mind about? Even if it's just a little bit. We'll talk about it up next. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Week one is in the books, and there are some teams that we've changed our minds on, even if just a smidge. Like the Houston Texans. I didn't think they'd win a game all season. I did. And I said they would split with Jacksonville, home and away. Uh, no, I think <laughs> I changed my mind. Uh, they'll beat them in Jacksonville. That's <laughs> two wins. That's at least two wins for the Houston Texans this year. The Jacksonville Jaguars may not win a single game. Yeah, and Urban Meyer may be the new head coach of USC before this season's over. Uh, he better be because he doesn't have a future in this NFL. It's, it, it's become blatantly obvious so early that this is not going to go well. Teams we changed our mind on, I'll admit, uh, um, I have swayed a little bit on the Raiders after last night. Not As a whole well lot, you should have. but I need to see it. You I should need have swayed a lot. They're I, the second best team in that division. Yeah, I don't know about that. I was going to say it's not even close, but it is. No, it's, it's very close. It's very close between them and the Los Angeles Chargers. And I get it. The Chargers did not, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't blow out uh, their their foe this weekend, but uh, they did beat a Washington team that I think is pretty darn good. Uh, I just I, I mean the Raiders are the Raiders are gonna get tested. Next week they're at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think if that'll be a loss. I mean if Derek Carr comes out and plays well again, they're not, I don't think they're gonna win that game by no, any stretch. That's be but a if loss. he plays really well Again, then I'm going to go, yeah, this team I'm definitely going to consider to be possible playoff team. But then you look at the, what happens to the schedule on the backside of that, and it gets real thin. That's a team yep. that could be sitting at 7-3 and three right around Thanksgiving. That's okay. a pretty good team. That is a pretty good team. I haven't changed my mind on the Texans at all, though. I am going to – I can't remember what the number is on them this week. Uh-huh. I am going to hammer the number against them. Oh, that puts you in a tight spot. They're playing the Browns. Yeah, I, and I don't care what the number is. <laughs> yeah, here's my tight spot. I like yeah. money, and that game's not going to be close for more than five minutes. It's got to be at least a nine-point spread, I would imagine. Cleveland at home against it, one of the two worst teams in the NFL. It debuted at 13. It was bet down to 11, and it's already been bet back up to 12 and a half. There you go. People are starting to... <laughs> People are starting to realize. <laughs> what team? What other team have you changed your mind on? Wholesale changed it. The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. yeah. We're putting. We're doing our power ranking show in the morning, and and it's sectioned off into tiers. You got Super Bowl champions. You got close. Then you got this fun little tier of what in the world was that? Right. And there's improved, but still missing something. 
And then there's the bottom two tiers. Bad. You're bad, and we don't. And the vast majority of people don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's bad, and we already know it. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are bad, and we know it. <sighs> the offensive line was bad. They're undisciplined. Lots of penalties killed them. They've still got stars on that team, but they just look out of sorts. And next week, they are going to get dusted by the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really bad. I thought the you know the, those were the two teams, the, the the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings were the two teams that I kept saying all 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 season long that I think those teams are going to be sneaky good. Well, we've already found out that the Minnesota Vikings have been eliminated from that competition. Now it's up to the Denver Broncos to prove it. And guess what? They're going to hammer Jacksonville this week. So yeah, here's a fun betting tip for the that. rest of the year. Vegas cannot set a number high enough against Jacksonville that I don't want it. Yeah. The highest number I've ever seen was 21. I literally think they are three touchdowns worse than every team in the NFL. Wow. And they, I'm just checking here. The schedule's not pretty. I was so hoping that they were going to end up playing the Bucks at some point. I'd love to see that offense tear them apart. They got the Bills. They got the 49ers. It's Rams. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be awful for them. Uh, I don't know. Mm, the Buffalo Bills, have you changed your mind on them at all? No. You had, them, you had them in the Super Bowl. Still do. Okay. I haven't changed my mind on them in the least. All right. Pittsburgh is better than you think. Yes. I have changed my mind about the Pittsburgh Steelers. As well they you proved should. it week one. Week one, it didn't take long for them to prove this is still going to be a good football team, and they are going to be able to they'll be able to move the ball. However, I know Najee Harris did not run the ball well. Um, they didn't move the ball on the ground pretty much at all, but they made enough plays, and the defense was lights out against an offense that we think is very high flying in the Buffalo Bills, and it's only going to get better mm-hmm. because they hadn't been all together pretty much all off season. Well, we hope so. We hope it's going to get better. It went really swimmingly last year and then fell apart at the end of the year. But, yeah, because they let Ben throw his arm off. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Again. Even with Najee Harris not being effective, they never forsook the run game. And that was one of the things that I wanted to see out of Pittsburgh with Matt Canada. Is this offense different than it was with Randy Feitner? Because Feitner would just – they would have five or six no-gain or loss runs and then just completely give up on the run. Mm-hmm. Matt Canada didn't do that. And I think that changes the outlook for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What other teams did we change our minds about? We'll talk about it, but let's first get just a bit outside. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. We don't have to get too far outside for this one because this, this story is based right here in Asheville, North Carolina. The story came out this morning that Roy Williams, native son of the Asheville area, I know some people fight about the Marion versus Asheville thing. We don't care. We we, we can all claim him. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> but you know he's retired. He has a he has a hard time being retired because you know he's he's been busy his whole life with coaching basketball, and it's hard to turn that off. He always said that he wanted a job like his good friend Dave Odom, who was the ambassador, the chairman, or whatever it was of the uh, Maui Invitational, and now he's going to get his chance. He is now becoming the ambassador for the Asheville Championship. You don't know what the Asheville Championship is? This is the Maui Invitational organizers 
are starting a new tournament here in Asheville that is going to take place November 10th through the 12th at Harris-Cherokee Center, Asheville. And uh, it's going to star South Carolina, Minnesota, Western Kentucky, and Princeton for the first year. Let me tell you, there are big plans for expanding this Asheville championship in the years to come. And now... One of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time has put his name on this thing in his hometown and is going to be the ambassador for this program or, or for this tournament and is going to be bringing in uh, big, big names to this tournament in the years to come. I can't wait for it. You know, there's, uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Roy Williams not being able to settle down in retirement. But why would you? Why? <laughs> Why would you? I know he wants to sit at home with the grandkids and everything, but uh, he's got this job now, and uh, thanks to his old buddy Dave Odom, he's going to be the ambassador for the Asheville Championship, and um, I-, I can't wait for it. Already, uh, of course, our sponsors have signed on to this uh, Asheville Championship at the Harris-Cherokee Center Asheville. Angles, the official grocery store of the Asheville Championship, and Wicked Weed Brewing, the official craft beer of the Asheville Championship, and we'll be uh, we'll be bringing you more coverage of it as we head up to the start of the tournament, November the tenth. Paolo Bantero is a name you may not know yet. Nope. But if you like basketball, it's a name you're getting ready to know, no matter what level of basketball that you like. Okay. He's one of the top recruits in the nation coming into college basketball this year. He will be playing at Duke. No matter what service you were looking at, he was in the top three, one of the highest rated recruits in this class. And he will forever be known as the first college basketball player to ever be featured in an NBA basketball game. Really? He announced on Instagram today that he has signed a first-of-its-kind deal with 2K Sports that will make him a playable character in NBA 2K22. Interesting. The way this will work is that if you play franchise or season or whatever whatever mode it is, when the 2022 NBA draft comes up, he will be an automatic selection in that. It will be him as they have molded him. It will look like him. It will have his name, his stats, that he went to Duke, everything. Hmm. That's never been done before. And what this opens the door for is what people like me that are big video game nerds have always wanted, is that you'll be able to have real-time draft classes and things like that for Madden, 2K, all of the big video games like that. This is a banner day. For name, image, and likeness, because there's finally one that I'm like, yeah, that's actually a tangible. I mean, I like them. I was wrong on the name, image, and likeness thing. Thank you. Well, no, 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 <laughs> don't cut me off. I'm okay with what's being with the way it's being done. It's just very obvious that it had an effect on college sports. What I think I may have undervalued is that change was coming anyway. Like we had gone as far as we were going to go, whether it was this or something else. Right. Something was going to change it. Yes. But now this is a tangible. Hey, I can get behind that. Yeah. College football game with real names, real players, things like that. Oh, yeah. That's that's something I can get behind. What was the, uh, was there a dollar figure put on it? What the deal was like? No, a lot of these are not, a lot of the financial terms of these are not announced. And I can understand that. But we have had financials on some deals, so I was just curious what this would be. Because if other players want to get involved and want to want to be a part of this, I mean, that could that could be a large chunk of change from 2K. I also had a, you know, just while we're talking about basketball, I had another, another just a bit outside story. Okay. The Houston Rockets and John Wall have agreed to find a trade deal. <gasps> it's the end of an era. No. And I can't emphasize this enough. 
in other news, I would love to drive a Maserati, and I wish my house had nine stories on it. Right, you're not trading him. I would love to. This is the number one story on ESPN right now. And nobody has at any point said, who in the world would trade for that deal? Mm-hmm. John Walsh 32? owed $92 million for the next two years. Whoa. That's 90, way more than I thought. It's not, well, it's 91.7. He has a player option next year for 47.4. <laughs> which You know it's bad when I can't say it without laughing. But they are committed to Jalen Green, their their lottery pick from this year, and Kevin Porter Jr. being their backcourt of the future. He will remain with the team, but he will not play. Yeah, This is going to be a Kevin Love scenario because they're not going to trade him. They also said they will not seek a buyout until after free agency next year. So there is a entire, and I'm not going to say possibility, probability, Likelihood yeah. that John Wall is going to just be sitting on the bench for the Houston Rockets collecting a paycheck. Making $42 million. As one of the highest paid players in the NBA. <laughs> you, remember, you remember when I told you that trading one <laughs> headache for another was a bad idea? Right. This is what I was talking about. Yikes. That is very, very bad. John Wall. And I didn't think he played all that bad this past year. No, but he's, he's not part of the future. Yeah. The Houston Rockets have a young core of players that they want to build the team around. John Wall does not factor into that. So Jalen Green is going to take his spot on the floor? or I guess they think he's going to play point guard. Yeah. I did not evaluate him that way, but I, it's not my call. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one team in the NFL that I have changed my mind on, and I would say a good bit, is your best team in the NFC, Arizona Cardinals. I was here early. I did not expect that at all. They came out this week and just roasted the Tennessee Titans 38-13. to Kyler Murray looks like he's got it all figured out. I like that team a lot. That defense really impressed. Now, it might have been just opening season jitters for the Tennessee Titans. They just can't, you just don't have it figured out yet. They got some new faces in the building. Yeah, they've had a, what an injury on the offensive line that ain't figured out how to fill that spot. Well, yet. Taylor Lewan was bad. Did, yeah. did you see he came out on Twitter and thanked Chandler Jones? I did. Thanks that's, for exposing. Thanks me. for exposing me. I'll go be better now. That's <laughs> that's an aggressive strategy. Was that real? Yeah, that was real. Okay, he really did. That. I thought somebody had made that up when no, I first saw it. No, he really did that. He went to Twitter and said, thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. I'll do better You next know, time. look, there's something to be said for being honest with your fan base. But sometimes, let's just not. I don't, I don't think that came off the way you expected it to. Like he was like, yeah, I got my butt whipped today and I'll be better for it tomorrow. And he expected everybody to go, yeah, glad you learned from your mistakes. But I think a lot of people look at that and go... Dude, you really shouldn't, you know, I, I don't know. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I'm I, fine with it. I don't know. There's, there is such a thing as being too honest sometimes. Mm, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of guys that go, I, because I hate coach speak. Oh, right. we just, you know, I, and I can't believe I'm getting to say this. I salute Mike Vrabel for something he did. For calling out Julio yes, Jones? Because it was dumb. And it cost your team. Stop being so politically. It was a personal foul. Oh. 
They took him. I want to say it was third and three. It would have been third and three. It took him to third and eighteen. They had to punt. Arizona got the ball back and just went mowed down the field and scored. And that's when it went sideways, completely cattywampus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of coaches that just go, "Hey, you know what? Don't do that. That was you shouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. Instead of, "Oh, well, we'll uh, look at the tape and uh, evaluate as if everything goes." <laughs> no, it was stupid. Don't be stupid. Right. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I believe I have changed my mind a little bit on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I already believed that they were one of the top teams in the NFC, top, you know, a, a top ten playoff team. But now I'm thinking they might be top five in the league. Yeah, I have Matt five in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Wow, they are my five. All right, we'll have power rankings, the full power rankings list coming up tomorrow morning in the Sportsocracy. Check us out on YouTube every weekday morning at 10 a.m., thesportsocracy.com. Check us out there. Uh, and all of the fun things that we've got for you to you know, get involved in at thesportsocracy.com. How about the Indianapolis Colts? You feel any differently about them after losing to the Seattle Seahawks? Nope. No? Carson Wentz? Just growing pains is what you think? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. That, at least that's how I feel about it. Yeah. You had a quarterback that wasn't around for a whole lot of the, the preseason. It was it was somewhat predictable. Uh-huh. You're missing Xavier Rhodes. The thing that blew my mind is that it was Tyler Lockett that destroyed them and not DK Metcalf. Because that's who I thought it was going to be. I think I've changed my mind a little bit on the Washington football team. I thought that they were a fringe playoff team. They're not. I thought that that defense was going to be so good and so lights out that it wouldn't matter who their quarterback is. But I'm starting to think, I don't know that you can win with Taylor Heineken. I really don't. When I didn't know how long it was going to be with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I looked at the schedule and went, okay, well, I mean, you're, you're going to beat the Giants this week, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they will. Well, don't be so sure of that. <laughs> with the, the, the gambling gods have been angry so let's, just, let's not tempt them to do any more of that underdog <laughs> stuff than we have to defense but then you go at the bills and at the falcons i don't think the falcons are as bad as they showed okay go on i think they are but go on i don't think they're as, as bad as they showed the first drive scripted it was good it was when it came off the script right and that's one of the things you always have to worry about a new head coach. How do you adjust to things? And Arthur Smith did not adjust well. Mm-hmm. But then you look at what happens after that. Now that we know the time frame. So you're going to go Saints, Chiefs, at the Packers, at the Broncos, Buccaneers, Panthers. That's six losses in a row. Mm-hmm. With Taylor Heineken, you're not beating one of the six teams I just said. No. But he was so close to the playoff game against the Bucks. God, if I've heard that once, I've heard it 100,000 times. Since that playoff game, well, and happened. and that's and I understand that thought because mm-hmm. people think that it's a transitive property. Oh, you were really good in this game. That means you're good in general. That's not true. Yeah, Tim Tebow had good games where he was good, <laughs> especially if you didn't know it was coming because it's just a little different. Right now, when you have a week to a, a full week and a full season of tape on that guy, a little different. When you're expecting that guy to contend with Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. a little different. I have not changed my mind at all on the Atlanta Falcons. I thought they were bad. I know they're going to be bad. They're going to be a 3-4 win team probably they're this wor- year. They're worse than I thought they were. Uh, 
I have. I, I think I, I have kind of changed my mind a little bit on the team that just dusted them, the Philadelphia Eagles. You shouldn't. Uh, I, look, I thought that that was a really horrible, bad team. I don't know that that's the case. I think Jalen Hurts is very mediocre at best as a quarterback in this league. But I think they have pieces to be just pesky enough for several teams on their schedule. So rather than being a three-win, four-win team, that is a really solid six, maybe. I'd say four. You see four? I see four, and I think I'm being nice. The Giants? They will not win a game from now to Halloween. (laughs) 49ers at the Cowboys, Chiefs at the Panthers, Buccaneers at the Raiders. You tell me who they beat. Oh, they could beat the Panthers. You're you. Did you start drinking before this show? <laughs> did you not watch that same team I saw? I think they might be able to beat the Panthers. Yeah, and I could be prima ballerina, but it's not insanely likely. Well, come on, let's let's not play like the Panthers were just it's completely every bit lights that out. Likely. They were. They had one of the highest pass rush win rates in the league. Oh, I get the defense is very good. I but, but think they're, but no, 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 they will no, no, at times. I'm not even talking about how good the defense is. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about how good the scheme was. Because okay. the, the two tackles, or the three tackles, because the Jets played Mekhi Becton, George Fant, and Morgan Moses, uh-huh. they were all three good. There was no problem there. So what did Phil Snow do? Oh, we're going to run stunts because none of the guards could figure it out. These guys hadn't played together. Right. That tells me you have a coordinator that is really in tune with what the other team's going to do. And I look at Jalen Hurts and go, Man, you are so limited that I just—it's just intriguing to me what 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 he's going to concoct for you, right? Because Zach Wilson's not limited; he has a huge cannon arm. Mm-hmm. And Phil Snow came up with a better game plan. Do I think they played great? No, I think they were fine. Mm-hmm. I think there could be times where they will struggle to score points. There could be a lot of these one-score grinded out kind of wins for the Carolina Panthers. I'm it's, not saying the Panthers are bad. I'm just saying I think the Eagles might be a little bit better than we thought they were. It's comical to me that you think they could beat Carolina in Carolina. Oh, if, that in was Carolina? In, if that was in Philadelphia, maybe, you know, if I was just in a real giving mood, I could just go, okay. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I said it twice. Well, I didn't. I, I wasn't paying attention. And they have to go to the Raiders. They have to play in that stadium we saw Baltimore playing last night. That's not going to go particularly well. No, it won't go particularly well. I haven't changed anything about how I feel about Philadelphia. I I, I think Jalen Hurts is a little better than I suspected. He's He's not good, and I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying that team might win six games this year, which I think is a is would be a victory. Because I thought they could be a three win team. <laughs> so, in a week, I think I've doubled my win total for them for the year. I would say that's uh, that's a market improvement. Yeah, I haven't. I was at four. I'm still at four. You're still at four. <laughs> uh, anybody else that you changed your mind about? Mm. If even an inkling? A team that I have changed my mind on? Uh-huh. There are a lot of people on our YouTube channel that really want me to say Cincinnati Bengals. Why? I'm not. Why? Because a lot of people have. A lot of people said, look, Joe Burrow was so good. Yeah, the defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. Minus one play by Jesse Bates that shouldn't have been a fumble. It wasn't good. Other than, no, not really. I, it, a lot of things went 
Not how I thought it would, which is why I was so bad against the number. Right. But I wasn't far off. Like Kansas City, I thought that game would stay close, and Kansas City would put them away late. Mm-hmm. I had a touchdown. I was a touchdown off on the wrong side. Um, New England and the Dolphins. I didn't think Tua would be able to lead that milk-the-clock-away drive. Mac Jones would have the ability to go down and score. They were only catching two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half, something like that. I missed it by a possession on each side. But I will tell you, this week, I was literally, after the Monday night game last night, I was doing nothing but pro football focus all twenty two tape because I'm not going five and ten and five ten and one against the spread again. Right. You can you you best believe that. <laughs> I will not do that again. Still very angry. You say you're coming after my title, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Your you title. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't you get said, very many wins. you got to let me have what one. Was it, what was that actor that, that was the heavyweight champion of the world? David Arquette. Yes. You are the David Arquette of gambling champions on this show. Hey, it still counts. Heavyweight they let, champion. They let you hold the title for a second. I've I been the heavyweight champion more than the Disco Inferno, baby. I don't think that means you can call yourself the champ. <laughs> hey, 6-2 and two to your 3-5 and five this week in our Beat the Chief picks. I'm going to take a little victory lap on that one. Yeah, and much like the Cincinnati Bengals, it will be one of the few victory laps you get to take this year. Yeah, you're probably right about that. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. He's back! My Ca- favorite player in the NFL, he's back! Carry on Johnson? He's back! He's on the practice squad of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> of course he is. Who are replacing Raheem Mostert, who is now out for the season. He's done for the year? Yeah, apparently he had second opinion on his on the knee, knee yeah. and they said he needed to have a, a season-ending surgical oh, procedure. Oh, man. That's awful. You just feel bad for a guy who cannot stay healthy. This is like his sixth year in the NFL, and he's had one season where he's played 15 games. I think that's the most he's played in his entire NFL career in a single season. The rest of his stat line looks like six, seven, four, and now what? I mean, he gets credit for a whole game, but it was a series. He had two carries. This is really sad. He's such a talented it player. It if you're amazing. if you do fantasy football things, I highly recommend Elijah Mitchell now. As you should. Cuz he's the running back you want. It's not Trey Sermon. Mhm. Which uh, you know, I don't I don't like saying that I was right. <laughs> oh, come on. There's nothing more in this world you like than saying that you were right. Breathing. Yeah, that's true. Wicked weed beers. <laughs> that's about it. Your wife. My wife. There you go. Yeah. My children. And we're done. Yeah, we're done. That's it. Those are the only things. Yeah. Uh, I do love this story. So apparently last night, the reason that they got the delay a game call, the Raiders, because nobody could find the kicker. 
Daniel Carlson, <laughs> Daniel Carlson was Daniel pulling Carlson. a full Mark Sanchez. Right. He's just eating a hot dog on the bench. Right. Well, well, think about it. At that stage in the game, like they had just gotten the ball back. Why are we going to kick a field goal on second down? Now, John Gruden said he was in the net. He was practicing in the net, but nobody could find him. I could, oh, don't I, we know where the net is? I could just see how that conversation went. Hey. Somebody find that kicker, man. Where'd, that, where, where'd the kicker go? <laughs> Need that kicker. <laughs> and nobody could find him. Anybody check the John? It seems like a good time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say when it's late in the game like that, you probably know where to find the kicker. He's probably going to be warming up in the net. Hey, guess what? I'm real glad that he wasn't there because it saved me a loss in fantasy football. <laughs> right. Oddly enough, great week of fantasy football, horrible week gambling. I am sorry and I vow to do better for you moving forward. Yeah, we're going to need much more than a, uh, what was it, 5, 10, and 1 performance from you? 6 and 6 in college, 5, 10, and 1 in the NFL. Shoot. That's, I, I will say this, though. This was the weirdest weekend in, in gambling history. Mm-hmm. This was the most underdogs that won outright since week one of 1983. I was negative four years old. <laughs> I was one. I was one. It's just a it's just a weird week. And guess what? There's an overcorrection coming and I'm here to make you all the money. Yeah, we got Sports Center coming up next. Another hour of the program on the way. This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer, and, and he's Jeremy Green. And welcome in to ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Live or on demand, you can hear us everywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing, wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. It's one of the best things. One of the, you know, it's hard to pick your favorite things about going to an NFL stadium and sitting in, you know, a nice air-conditioned suite and you got the padded chairs and the free food. But when there's pernicious in the fridge, it makes it all worthwhile. It it did make me feel like we were at home. I saw wicked weed beers in the fridge and I went, <gasps> "Yay!" We knew it was going to be a good day, and it was a good day. We got to see the first game of Zach Wilson. We got to see Sam Darnold take on his former team, get a little bit of, you know, revenge. I did just find out we missed Zach Wilson's mom by about 45 seconds. Did we? Mhm. When? So we were coming out of the suite, and we saw Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Uh huh. She was right in front of her. Oh no! Because a friend of mine that was two suites down got a picture with her, and I went, "I missed her that, but that much." It was just like <laughs> forty-five seconds. We wish we could have seen her. We would have played her the song. Yes. You'd have to go to our YouTube yeah, channel yeah. for that. Jeremy made up a song about Zach Wilson's mom. I and did. It was. It was. It was tastefully done. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was tastefully done. 
Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when there's when there's pernicious in the fridge, you know it's going to be a good day. And uh, thank you to uh, Amy Martin and the rest of the Carolina Panthers crew that uh, that hosted us in the uh, in the affiliate suite this weekend with uh, Brian Hall and Sean Crow. We had a great time, and it's definitely an experience that uh, that we will be repeating. Oh, I'm I'm in anytime. Yeah, you really. <laughs> You don't even have to make the sale. I have right. the tickets. Okay, and, done. In. I'm in. And I was actually surprised, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that that Jeremy was able to keep his... Now, granted, he didn't have a whole lot to cheer for in the game, but he was able to keep himself under uh, under control. I have long said I care more about my fantasy teams and about my money than I do about any of my teams. Right. Because that is the one rule of the Panthers suite is the no no cheering. No cheering for the other team. And I didn't. I kept my mouth very shut. Did very good. You did a very good job. Um, not doing a very good job? Clay Helton. Clay Helton at USC, he hasn't been doing a very good job uh, in what? He's been there seven years, so five years. Five years he hasn't been doing a very good job. And finally, the USC Trojans, they decided, you know, we're done with this. And I do find it funny that they literally did that, not... Ten minutes after I said it on this show. Yep. It is time for Clay Helton to go. Yep. As we signed off the program yesterday, it wasn't. I don't even think the Sports Center update was over before our phones blinged with the news that USC had fired Clay Helton as their head coach after six and one third seasons. Six and two game seasons. <laughs> it was well past time, though. We talked about this is a little bit this morning in the Sportsocracy. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Sportsocracy. We're live in the Wicked Weed studio every weekday morning at 10 a.m. Tomorrow morning, we will have our power rankings in the NFL updated for week two. Now, Clay Helton, I, don't, I, I still don't, I, I still can't wrap my head around this. Like, if you know, if you know the coach is bad, how do you go into the season having that coach still taking the reins of this team? It seems like there has been the rumor for three off seasons now that Clay Helton's not going to be around at USC much longer. The athletic director, um, Mike at, Bone. Mike, Mike Bone. He came in, what, last year and wanted to make a change. And I think a lot of people were pressuring him to try to make a change because, you know, new athletic director, let's find a new head coach. But then coronavirus. That was the only thing that saved Clay Hilton's job, I'm convinced. Oh, no, last season saved his job. I mean, they were right there. They were eligible for the, I mean, they were in the, the, the Pac-12 title game. No, I mean, before that. No, I mean, I get that. The thing about Clay Helton is that he's so well liked, mm-hmm. and and this goes into something that I've said for many many years. There have been a lot of people that were really nice people. Doesn't mean that I want them coaching my football team, right? And Clay Helton is the definition of that. You had just mind boggling decisions, and here's the thing: there haven't been many recruits that came into USC that came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they were the guy. Mm-hmm. No, you've had highly touted recruits go into there, and either one, they left the program, or two, they underwhelmed a lot. Amonra St. Brown's probably the only one 
that he had that people went, that's a dude, and he, he lived he never, up to the name. But he never got any better. There have been a lot of people, that, there have been a lot of players that lived up to the name. There's just not been a lot of wins. It's not been a lot of, hey, we got we brought in this guy and he got so much better. It was just, you were kind of existing. Mm-hmm. And now you can let the speculation begin, because I promise you if it hasn't, it's getting ready to, that Luke Fickle will be the next head coach at USC. Because Mike Bone hired him at Cincinnati. That's where he came from. Okay. And so there's a connection there. But I don't know that that's the best decision for you. I, I, and I like Luke Fickle mm-hmm. a lot. Just remember, it didn't go particularly well at Ohio State. When he got the interim job for a little bit, it didn't go particularly well. It's gone well at Cincinnati. I think he's done a fantastic job at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I would rather see him wind up somewhere like Michigan or Notre Dame or one of those programs right there that's in that Midwestern recruiting f- footprint. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, and you make your own decision. It's my first call. Yeah, It's my first call because he's going to have to tell me no. Okay. It's Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops above You're Oklahoma. going okay. to have to tell me no. And he has willfully not done that. He was in the Florida State search for way longer than people want to acknowledge he mm-hmm. was. And he, from everything I've heard, he would like back in. Let's say he tells you no. The next call is a guy that I know would take this job. It's Chris Peterson. Former head coach at Boise State in Washington. Works for Fox. Yes. Yeah, and that Fox would be Sports. a home run. That's the home run swing. Here's what you can't do if you're USC. You can't fall into the trap of hiring the hot coach. No. You cannot fall into the trap of whoever it is on the West Coast, whoever west of Texas that's at a small school and has a good year. Don't hire that guy. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I do not care who it is. Don't do that. I'm starting to think that that's not the path for any of these big programs. Any of these big college programs that go after the up-and-comer. It hasn't seemed to work out well. I mean, Texas did it with Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, and now they're doing it with Steve Sarkeesian, and USC has done it with Ed Orgeron and Lane Kiffin and... Go Tigers. Right. It just it hasn't worked. I have been surprised over and over and over again that they can't get the big name to come in and take a job. Now, I don't know who that big name is. And I would argue that Tom Herman was was less of a I would argue he was less of a hot name and more of a proven commodity mm-hmm. because he had been the head coach for quite not a great deal of time but he was very well renowned he had been a head coach at Houston for t- Houston oh. for two years and I've got to level you he wasn't that bad at Texas mm-hmm. of all these coaches Tom Herman's the one I believed in it just wasn't it wasn't Texas level. Well, Texas it, is never going to have that. Sorry, Texas. You're going to the <laughs> SEC. I don't care how much money you have. You're never going to be that. Right. This is going to be one of those, uh, you're going to get what you asked for, and you're probably going to live to regret it. Well, I think this past weekend proved it. This, oh, yeah. this past weekend proved it, that Texas went into Arkansas and got beat down. I would love to hear how that conversation went with the athletic director. Like, yeah, we're playing an SEC team this week. 60 minutes later. That was one of the bad ones. And yeah. they beat us senseless. <laughs> right. Never was close. I, new coach, I get it. You're, you got a redshirt freshman as your quarterback, Hudson Card, but now nah, not anymore. Who was who, who the quarterback that they're, go, uh, they're turning it's, it's to now? Thompson's his last name. Yeah. I can't remember his first yeah. name. I don't know. It's, 
I don't know who the guy can be. Who's that big name that they could go after? Casey Thompson is the quarterback. Casey Thompson, thank you. Are you asking it at USC? Yeah. It's the two I just said. You're USC. What are those big names? Are you out of your mind? What name is bigger than Bob Stoops? Who do you think are going to hire Nick Saban? (laughs) Bob Stoops is one of the five best head coaches in the last 30 years. I'll give you Bob Stoops, but he's been out of college football for so long, I don't know if he's going to come back. I have long heard that for the right job, he would come back. He's not coming to a rebuilding. And you say he's been out of coaching so long. He's been gone for four years. It seems like a lot longer than that. No, it hasn't been. And he's still a very good. By the way, how how old is Bob Stoops? 63. 61. Still got a lot of good years left. Yeah, he's a little younger than I thought he was. I thought he was a little older than that. To me, the two home run swings are the ones that I just said. Yeah. If you don't get Bob Stoops, you go get Chris Peterson. Just because you don't know who he is does not mean he's not a home run, because he is. Mm -hmm. He was the best head coach on the West Coast for 10 years. Yeah. You're not And he got burned out at Washington. That's it. And I have heard he is desperate to get back in, and he wants this job badly. Desperate to get back in. Okay. But he doesn't want another. And it's weird because Chris Peterson was always one of those guys that kind of avoided the limelight. He liked being at Boise State. He liked being at Washington Mm -hmm. until he didn't. I've heard stories on why that might be, but not substantiated. We'll leave it there. That's the home run swing. Right. What you have to avoid doing is going to hire the hot Nick Saban recruiter, Bill O'Brien. Don't do it. Stop it. No. (laughs) Uh, Matt Campbell. I've heard his name. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Matt Campbell would take that job. You think he's destined for the NFL? No. Matt Campbell's a different guy. Mm-hmm. He's a, just a different He's a different kind of coach. He's had a lot of interest in the NF, from the NFL and rebuffed almost all of it. Yeah. I just have to imagine, I think you've gone about as high as you can go at Iowa State. I mean, especially after the loss to Iowa. I've, just, I've never thought this was the job he was after. Yeah, this was the year. This was the year that he was supposed to pay off on all of that, of I'm building this program, taking them to heights they've never seen before, which he has. I mean, they never played in a Big 12 championship game before Matt Campbell came around. So I get it, but is that is that thinking too small? Do you go after, you know, maybe trying to woo Pete Carroll back? Oh, you're not getting Pete Carroll. You don't think so? No. No, Pete Carroll's 70. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to commit to life on the road recruiting in the Pac-12. Right. But here's the thing. If you hire the right co- I, I I've heard a lot of... Paul Feinbaum this morning was on KJ and Max. Yeah. Basically saying, nobody wants to come to USC. Well, you're wrong. I, I disagree with you. You just have to stop doing what they keep doing. Lane Kiffin. Oh, he's a USC guy. That's the most overrated thing in, in all of sports. Alumni being your he's coach. A, he's a USC guy, or he's a Michigan man. That's the dumbest thing that people do, and they do it constantly. He went here. He really understands. I don't know. It depends Pete on Carroll who it is. Did Carroll go to USC? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. But I'm saying it depends on who it is. Name me one. There's, there's one example I'll give you. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Uh, in college football? Yes. Mm. I didn't have one on the top of my head for college football. It's Dabo Sweeney going back to Alabama. That's the one that well, that would make sense. I was trying I to think that. of one that exists. Well, that's a guy sitting there with two national championships. Yeah, I was thinking Roy Williams of Carolina. That's basketball, like that kind of basketball's thing. different. Mm-hmm. Basketball's an entirely different bird. 
Because at Car- at, like at a Carolina, you have to recruit five blue chip guys. Mm-hmm. And when you're as synonymous, but even Roy Williams, he had made his name elsewhere. But in college football, you watch people do this all. You watch teams yeah. do this all the time. Yeah. That's how they. That's how Michigan wound up with Brady Hoke, who his claim to fame was that he looked like a imitation wish version of Mike Gully. What do you think the number is going to be on the next USC head coach for the contract? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if you have to pay him a hundred million dollars. If it's Bob Stoops and he says I want a hundred million dollars, do it. Done. Do it. Now, I think it's going to be. I think it will be that kind of level of a of a hire. Whoever they go out, they're going to go out and they're going to try to make this into the guy we're bringing in is going to be the guy for USC for the next ten years, and he'll get a John Gruden level deal. And I've heard this name, and I'm going to throw it out to you. And you're probably going to say I'm stupid, but. Seeing as how he keeps getting turned down for jobs or just doesn't have the interest in jobs, Eric Bieniemy of the Kansas City Chiefs, I could see him being very successful in college. I, I disagree with you. This is, this is not your first college job. That see that what you just said mm-hmm. is what colleges keep get running into. He's a great coach. I'm gonna level with you. I don't care. Kirby Smart's a great X's and O's coach. Yes. How many national titles he got? None. Dabo Sweeney is not a great X's and O's coach. How many national titles he got? Two. You know why? Because he's an elite recruiter. Yeah. He goes after a guy, he gets a guy. But he's got Tony Elliott and Brent Venables and all these other assistants. I need a a figurehead of the program. Nick Saban is a figurehead of the program. Mm -hmm. And I could keep doing it. There are a slew of teams that have this. I want you to hire the X's and O's guys. I need you to be the CEO. You are the face. Like you Mac are Brown. the yeah. yeah. Mac Brown's a great example. Yeah. Mac Brown at this point defers virtually everything on the field. Bobby Bowden did it at Florida State for decades. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Chuck Amato, Mark Richt, Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he had elite level recruits. Right. And guess what? It's going to cost you. It's going to be expensive to get that level of guy on your staff. Mm-hmm. But even think about Pete Carroll. Think back to the days when Pete Carroll was there. Who was his offense coordinator? It was Norm Chow. That's right. He's one of the most well-respected play callers mm-hmm. in the history of the game. Yeah. And he was incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. I want the head guy to be the guy that walks it. And I'll be honest with you, the, the this is kind of like what Nancy Reagan used to say. I don't know it. I don't know how to explain it to you, <laughs> but, I'll know but I know I it, it when I see it. Yeah. I feel that way about head coaches in college football. I right. cannot explain to you what it is, what that charisma. I can see it on a podium. I see it when guys talk. I see it when they interact with the media. And Saban has it. Dabo has it. I think to a degree, James Franklin has it. And there's a lot of guys. Lincoln Riley, it just screams off of him. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Harbaugh. I'd Jim say Harbaugh? Har- I'd say Harbaugh's one. Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. I don't. Really? No, Jim He's Harbaugh is a Jim Harbaugh is a crusty old Michigan man football guy that we run <laughs> three yards in a cloud of dust and stop. Go on khakis somewhere else. <laughs> I st- I, I've never seen it. In J- I, Jim Harbaugh is the definition of a guy that is a great elite level NFL coach. Uh-huh. I've said for years, every team that has an opening in the NFL, Jim Harbaugh should be your first call. Mm -hmm. He should have to tell you no. 
and nobody does it because he gets the stink from Michigan of, well, he's not been able to recruit a quarterback. There's a huge difference between recruiting a quarterback and drafting a quarterback and developing a quarterback in the NFL. Right. But if I'm USC, it's Bob Stoops. And Bob, I hate to break this to you, you're going to have to look me in the face and tell me to get off your lawn because I ain't leaving until you tell me that. And I don't know that he would. I don't either. I don't know that he would. Does he either. have enough cachet out on the West Coast, though? I mean, he is Bob Stoops. He's got cachet everywhere he, he goes. national cachet. you got to understand, he was recruiting players to Norman, Oklahoma. No. I think he can get kids to L.A. Yeah. There are times that matters, and there's times it doesn't. Matt Campbell, never been a high-level recruiter. Mm-hmm. Luke Fickle, never been a high-level recruiter. You're asking them to do something because the lifeblood of USC is getting that L.A. talent, that high-end these kids that have been just all they've ever wanted is I want to play football at USC. You have to get those guys in the program. That's the coach's job. Hire a staff that can develop them, and you're the CEO of the program. Yeah. This is LA. This is this is not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It's not Clemson. This is a different program. Stop trying to hire the X's and O's guy. Go get that charismatic guy that you see in the press conference and go. Good Lord, I would follow him to the end of the world, and I'd probably jump off with him. Hire that guy. Yeah, but I don't know that Jamie Chadwell is going to come off well in L.A. I, Jamie Chadwell's the guy that has it. <laughs> if I was an SEC school, I would just cut a blank check oh, to Jamie Chadwell. No doubt about it. I think it'd be a little bit of a sore thumb in uh, in L.A., though. Oh, yeah. yeah that, I don't think that's Jamie Chadwell well and I have the, the same haircut, so you know what? I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> Million dollar mullet. Let's go. USC's got a big call to make on who their next head coach is going to be. I, I'm all with you. I think Bob Stoops would be a great call. Um, but I do know one thing. They need to pay up. They need to pay up for somebody and stop with this flavor of the month business that they've been doing over and over and over again. Or guess what? In three or four years, we're going to be three weeks into a season and they're going to fire their next coach just like they've done the last three. You're in the sports tank. Take all this, burn it, okay? okay. Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. Boy, look at me okay. in my face. All right, now it's time to talk about who's going to be next. It was two games into the season. Clay Helton got fired at USC. There are several coaches in, in college football that they're not long for their jobs that they currently have. And I'm staring square at a guy in Nebraska. Scott Frost, he has been the biggest disappointment that I think Nebraska fans could ever have hoped for. Or feared, I guess I should say. Not hoped for. He's the biggest disappointment that they feared. Well, here's the thing, uh, and I hate to break this to Nebraska, you're bad. You're bad and you're almost impossible to sell. Mm-hmm. Because now, here's the thing, this is what people have to understand, and I was, I was screaming this when the realignment thing was happening. You have to understand that a kid... What Nebraska did in the Tom Osborne days, they took these kids from Texas and they said, oh, you got slighted because Texas didn't recruit you. Oklahoma didn't recruit you. All these other schools didn't recruit you. Now you can go in there and beat them and prove to them that they were wrong. Tom Osborne was a master at that. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're in the Big Ten. You think a kid from Nebraska is slighted that Ohio State didn't recruit him? First of all, you can't get that level of recruit. Second of all, you think they're getting real jazzed up to beat Maryland? No! Right. That's why I always said that was a dumb move. I don't care about the money. You're biting your nose to spite your face. 
And that's what Nebraska did. Is he the next coach to get fired? I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. He gets a lot of latitude just solely because I don't know who you're going to hire. you got to look at who the coaches of Nebraska have been since Tom Osborne. It's a lot of Bo Pelini and Bill Callahan. and ugh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it could get really bad this week. You know who they play this week? Oklahoma. They play number three Oklahoma yeah, this week. Yeah, and it's the broadcast game on Fox at high noon. Oh, no. Oh, it's not going to. Oh, it will go badly. Oh, oh, they will get beat by 643 points. Monday. Monday. I disagree with you. Oh, I, I don't see a way that they do. If they get because embarrassed you have to know where on national go. television by that. Well, you have to know where you go. Well, I mean, they'll do the same thing USC's doing. They they will, but there's they a will huge name a guy difference. on the staff. But there's a huge a... difference there. USC can get anybody they want. Paul Feinbaum, I hate to tell you this, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If USC starts throwing their money and their power around, they can get anybody they want, including Urban Meyer. I got news for you. They can. Right. If they want Fickle, they'll go get Fickle. If they want Chris Peterson, Bob Stoops, all they have to do is say yes. Right. Nebraska, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's probably better than who you're going to hire. <laughs> I mean, literally, the names there would be like Dave Aranda from Baylor. And just really? It'd That's what you're going to. No, it wouldn't. Over oh, Scott Frost? No, it wouldn't. Okay. No, it wouldn't. Scott Frost is still a markedly better coach. So, and this is what drives me crazy with the hiring cycle mm-hmm. is that's what people do. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're bad, so that means the next one has to be good. We all have a friend that way with how they date. Yeah. They date and they have one argument and they go, oh, if I was single, yeah, it'd right. just be a different story. No, it right. wouldn't. No. no, it wouldn't. No, it's like Tom Brady with Super Bowl rings. The best one's always the next one. Yeah, and that's just, it's not the way it works. Right. You're Nebraska. At some point, you have to look at yourself and go, I'm Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the pantheon of, sport, of college football, where does Nebraska fall as a job? 50? Mm. Would you rather have the Liberty job or Nebraska? Probably, well, Liberty. It's Liberty, and it's not close. Yeah, it would be Liberty. Would you rather have the NC State job or Nebraska? Pressure would be less at NC it's State. It's NC Nebraska State, and it's not even more. close. It's not even close. <laughs> okay. And I could do that. I could argue Nebraska's in the bottom 10 of Power 5 jobs. I'd rather have the Colorado job, and they don't even care. Just because of the excise expectations yes, that come with that there's nothing I can do. Yeah. If I come in and go 9-3, and three, you'll go, well, Tom Osborne went 12-0. and up. Yeah, that was 30 years ago. Right. It's just in this series of bad jobs. Right. Huh. The next one to get fired, I firmly believe this. And I don't know if it'll happen in season. Mm-hmm. It's Manny Diaz at Miami. I agree. That's the next one to go. I agree. But because I, mean, I think they're going to lose a game that they're not supposed to. Yeah, they got embarrassed by Alabama in the first week. In the second week, they had a thriller with Appalachian State. And I get that that's not Appalachian State, Big House, Michigan era. I, Appalachian State's better than they were back then. Appalachian State, better job than Nebraska. <laughs> and I firmly believe that. By the way, I also believe Appalachian State will be in the AAC in about three months. Uh, I think you're crazy for that one. Because uh, I guarantee you the money's way better at Nebraska. 
Okay. And I get that it's not always about the money, but it's the money, it's the prestige, it's the power five. I would say that that's, that's a more desirable job than Appalachian State. All right, let's play a fun game. Okay. Here are the coaches since Tom Osborne. All right, Osborne left in 1997. Yep. Frank Solich, he was there for five years. Mm-hmm. Biggest job he had after that was at Ohio. Mm-hmm. Bill Callahan, do you get another another college job? Nope. No. Bo Pelini, last time we saw him, he was the one-and-out coordinator of the LSU Tigers. Yep. Mike Riley, who had a really good history in college football. He'd been pretty good at Oregon State. He was a coach with the Chargers. Was it rumored to be a candidate for USC? Mm-hmm. Did he get another job? No. Nope. What's the best Scott Frost will do? After he gets fired by Nebraska? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Southern Miss? Does it get that bad for him? <laughs> Can he go back to UCF at some point? No. No, because they're entrenched with uh, Gus Malzahn. Well, until UCF stays relevant and, you know... And then Gus Malzahn will move on to another job somewhere in the Power Five. After Mike Leach gets fired, Gus Malzahn could go be the head coach at Mississippi State. All right, conversely, uh, Jerry Moore was at App State for a billion years. Yep. He retired. Yep. Scott Satterfield took the job. Yep. He's a little How'd that work? Yeah. Eli Drinkowitz, what happened to him? He's in Missouri. Yeah, there you go. And guess what? Sean Clark will do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, the money's not as good. Yeah, but your future earnings are way better. Right. I, I would wager Bo Pelini probably wasn't doing tremendously as the fired defensive coordinator at LSU. Right. I'd say Frank Solich probably wouldn't cash in big checks at Ohio. <laughs> how long's uh, how long's old Mikey Norvell going to last down in Tallahassee? I don't, I'm still not ready to talk about it. Okay. If you want to hear my response, go to our Facebook page. <laughs> you can see it. It's got some bad words in it. So. Uh, you know, I mean... You get embarrassed again. I mean, it can't get much worse than losing to Jacksonville State, but you don't show any improvement. You don't show any rallying the troops kind of mentality down there in Florida State. I could see him getting fired. Not this year. At the end of the year? No. Okay. You're still paying. You just paid a gigantic buyout to Willie Tiger. Mm-hmm. You're not doing that again. And I'll level with you. Florida State's not that good of a job at this point. Mm-hmm. You don't have the money of a Florida. They just don't throw the money at it. You don't have the facilities. You don't have all the things. And I love, I am a 30-year Florida State fan, and I'm saying that. Right. This is a different time and a different place. Florida State and Miami now are equivalently good jobs. And that puts you in, I'd say, the 20s. Better job, Nebraska or Syracuse? Not applicable. It's Nebraska, but not by much. <laughs> okay. Because Dino Babers, he's, he's got to be fired at some point. Yeah, he's another well. one. That, uh, that's a, just another place that's borderline impossible to win. Yeah. Well, he did it for one year. He didn't mean to. Remember, that was that one year that he got him into the, what was that, the Camping World Bowl or something? Something like that. It's a relatively respectable bowl. Won 10 games that season. And what's he done since? Nothing. That's just one of those jobs that I've never understood. Like when you say, "Yeah, I'll take that job." What's your? What's your? Did, did you contact a financial advisor? Maybe I'm a little biased because it's what my wife does. But did, did you have a business consultant look at you and go, "I'm Wayne"? Yeah. 
Best case scenario, how does this go? Four years from now, you're 12 and 30. <laughs> you're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Time to get weird. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, this is loosely retired, uh, loosely tied to professional wrestling from the 1990s. So you know, I had to tell the story. Ted DiBiase? No, not Ted DiBiase. Not Ted DiBiase. That would be the 80s. Yep, I'm that out. would. <laughs> it's the only one you know. Million Dollar Man. That's the only one. I no, care come about. on. Uh, you remember a guy named Al Snow, don't you? Is he the one that he ha- wrote "Help Me" on yeah, his forehead? He, he, and he to had a the mannequin, mannequin head. head. Yeah, yeah. Al Snow's in the news. Guess what? Al Snow's a freaking hero. Last week, he was out on the beach, saw a boy struggling in the ocean, and the 58-year-old jumped into action. A riptide had caught the kid and was pulling him out to sea, and Al Snow said, no, not on my watch. He jumped in, saved the boy's life, and of he said he caught him by the arm just as a wave started to pull him out, or pull him further out. Uh, said, if I hadn't grabbed him, I think he would have went out to sea, and that would have been it. The ex-WWE superstar, um, li- <laughs> he's 58 years old now, and he is he's a hero. He's also in better shape than either of us. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. He's old enough to be our dads, and he's in better shape than we are. Mm-hmm. And you say that'll belong about a lot of people. And I think that says more about us than it says about him. No doubt. With the Halloween season freshly upon us, the opening of the big orange tent at the mall. That's that's always when I know it's Halloween time. Yes, sir. Speaking of which, you can go to the big orange tent 10 to, 10 to 8 every day uh-huh. in the Asheville Mall parking lot. Best place to get your Halloween costume by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be giving out candy, a weird entity has come up with some things that you can hand out. Okay. Hidden Valley, the ranch company, is selling a bag of 30 30 half-ounce packets in a a little Halloween treat bag with a jack-o'-lantern on the front of it. For you to give out to kids on Halloween. <laughs> Just ranch dressing. If you give that out, your house will be the one that catches some uh, eggs against the window. I'm, I'm going to disagree. Unless you're handing out chicken wings with it, which I think in a coronavirus time would be a, <laughs> it'd be frowned upon. <laughs> Little baggies of chicken nuggets. He's you got to hand out something to dip it in. I, Don't hand out bags my, of this things would be, you made. Let me, let me tell you, this would be the highlight of the night for my son. Joshua loves ranch dressing, and he puts ranch dressing on everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. I saw the kid last week dip a peanut butter sandwich in ranch dressing, and I thought I was going to vomit on myself. And I looked at him, and I went, was it good? And he goes, no. And he did it again. Well, I got the ranch dressing here. I might as well use it up, Dad. So, yeah, if he goes to somebody's house and gets a little packet of ranch dressing, it's probably going to be his favorite house. Uh, they also are selling a full-sized ranch bottle costume that'll run you 40 bucks. And? You can dress up as a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch. Do they have it in triple extra fat? 
Uh, yeah, but I think it would fit me and not you. Too tall? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You would be, if Hidden Valley was put in a, the same kind of tube that toothpaste was in, <laughs> that costume would work for you. Because you're going to be dragging the empty part behind you just from looking at it. <laughs> the, the, the gentleman in the picture uh, does appear to have div- dimensions a little bit more similar to mine. Ah, uh, okay. Don't hand no, out don't, don't hand out weird things. Just you know what? Here's the thing: if you're in a neighborhood that does a lot of uh, go to Ingles, yeah, buy just a ton of can- full size candy bars, uh-huh. and when you run out, you're done. Mm-hmm. That will encourage children to come to your house first, and then you can sit in your house. No, that's bad advice. That's very bad advice because that's how you get the eggs. No. If you're out of candy. No, no. You, ha- you if you've got full size candy bars, oh, you'll be you'll do just fine. Oh, I'm sure you will. But what I'm saying is, you don't you, you, you can't run out. I mean, you can absolutely a, run out. If you're Turn in the a, light off, if you're in the popular neighborhood and you don't have candy out, you you gonna catch some. Turn the light off. I've never caught anything. That doesn't matter. I was. I'm also. You know the, that doesn't matter anymore, right? I know it's, it's, it's probably been a it's probably been a while since you did the whole trick or treating thing. I'm also pretty well known in my neighborhood as the quote unquote angry guy. Yeah. So, you know. Uh every year, every year we have had trick or treaters, you can turn the light out. It don't matter. They're gonna come up and they're gonna knock on the door. Uh yeah, and I'm not gonna answer it because <laughs> I'm in the bed by then. And see, that's that's when you get that's when you get the repercussions. Full size candy bar is always the Cadillac way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's you're the favorite you house in the neighborhood forever. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Just buy you a whole bunch of full-size candy bars, cost you a hundred bucks, yeah, and you and you're done. And and all of the children in the neighborhood neighborhood will love you. When you need your grass cut, they'll always be there to help you. Does that happen? You get neighborhood kids to mow your grass? I did at one time. That's that's nice. Yeah, that's a good little thing to have. Well, I mean, I would rather pay the the kid down the street a little. Teach a little work ethic. Yeah. Yes, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Plus, it keeps me from doing it, and I'm not going to. <laughs> and that is really what you're all in it for. 100%. Is to keep from having to do it yourself. I live by a very simple philosophy. If it's something that I could pay somebody else to do, I'm probably going to. Is this available nationwide, or is this a specialty item that you have to buy on, like, Hidden Valley's website? Uh, from the best of I can tell, you have to buy it on Hidden Valley's website. Oh. I mean, that's a little too much trouble. But, but if whoa, it was whoa, in the Walmart, whoa, whoa, whoa. I might do it. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let, walk me through this. It's too much trouble for you to go on a website, click four buttons, yeah. and wait for it to show up at your house. Yep. There has never been anything in the history of this show that has explained the difference in the dichotomy between the two of us <laughs> more than what you just said. I don't want. I don't want to do all that stuff. I just want to go to the store and get it myself. Uber like was invented for people like way. me. I do what? Uber Eats was invented for people like me. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I would much rather do it myself. Really? Yeah. I I, I had a conversation with my wife last night yeah. that you know 
I'll, I'll go get us something to eat, but it has to be something that I can either drive through uh-huh. or they will bring it out to the car. Yeah, to me. we got into this conversation last year, uh, me and my wife. Of she had, you know, she told me uh, Christmas is done. Christmas is done. We got I got all the gifts. They're coming through Amazon, whatever. And then we had to have an hour long conversation of how that's not how that's done. Uh, Daddy enjoys going out to the going out and running around town looking for things. And I don't, I don't like it. It's like getting gift cards for your birthday. Nope. Out. Cash. I don't even want gift cards. Mm-mm. Stone cold. You, you want to know how easy it is to shop for me? Find you an envelope. Find you one of those really just plain cards from any store in the world. Right. Throw the bill in there. Hand it to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Christmas done. Nope. Over. No, I hate it. I want I, I want thought put into the into the process. I have actually, and I, I swear to you, this is a true story. I have exchanged gifts before where we each handed each other an envelope with a different dollar bill in it. Oh, okay. Same dollar, same amount. Yeah. Just that one was mine, and now you can have it. I guess and that one was yours, and now I can have I it. I guess this is, I, I still have too much kid in me. Like, I want the actual box that I have to unwrap, and there's something in it that I know you went to a store and went, hey, you know what? My son, husband, whatever, they would really like that. And I go out, and I buy it, and I put it in a box, and I wrap it, and I put a bow on it. And, and so you get the joy of opening it up rather than opening up an envelope and going, oh, I wonder what this is. See, but I like that joy. See, because this is the, I have, there's no kid in me, and there hasn't been since I was a kid. Yeah. I see that box and I go, oh, that's probably not going to fit. I don't even need to know what it is. It's just, it's not going to fit because it never does. (laughs) Because nobody, everybody looks at me and they think I'm smaller than I am. Yeah. Like if if there's not multiple X's on the tag, Mm -hmm. it's not going to fit. Right. I'm too tall. That's it. You're too tall. Well, look, <laughs> look, pumpkin. Uh, by pumpkin. waist size, uh, waist size now is one of the they, few things that you can beat me. In. Now, see if they sold, you know, clothes that came in pumpkin size, they'd fit me. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you shouldn't worry about dressing up like a bottle of salad dressing. Although <laughs> you do have the dimensions for that. I do. I just want to paint myself orange and run around with uh, no shirt on. Starts wide at the bottom, goes wide to the shoulders, and <laughs> narrows out around the top. Hidden Valley Ranch. I do. I do love Halloween time. I love all of the holidays, but put some thought into it. Don't just order things online. I feel like there's too much of that going on these days. People are getting too lazy. We're all going to wind up like those people on the Wally movie. And I know you've never seen it before you go into it. Just a bunch I, of people. I'm legitimately going to ask, what is a Wally? It was a is Disney- it Wally Dollenbach, like no, the old NASCAR no, driver? No, no, no. It was a Disney movie, and it was all about how people have become too fat because they lived in an automated society. They got they had little floating chairs that they lived in, and pretty soon they all just became large gelatinous blobs of, of flesh. We need to do things on our own. Uh, I like doing things the old way. This is my stand on the porch, Clint Eastwood, old man routine. I like it the way it was. It used to be done, where you go out on New Year or uh, on Christmas Eve, and you've got a lot of cash in your pocket, and you're just running around to every store you could possibly find to find the one thing that you're looking for. 
I like the the real hustle and bustle of the Christmas season. And you don't have that when you buy stuff online. It takes all the fun out of it for me. I get it. I'm weird. You're in the Sports Tech with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM. And 1400. And do not forget, yes, Halloween is right around the corner. And it's time to get all of your masks and costumes, decorations, and accessories. The widest selection in Western North Carolina is available at the Big Orange Tent in the parking lot at the Asheville Mall. First day on the job today. They open at 10 o'clock this morning. They're open 10 to 8 every day. The Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. It's ESPN Asheville, Tank Spencer, and Jeremy Green with you in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, hey, did you see we had uh, we had a Stetson Bennett signing over the weekend? Yeah, and it didn't matter because you were playing that same <laughs> South Florida team that NC State beat by. 4, I know, 000. but we you know we talked about NFL overreactions yesterday. College football overreactions are just so crazy to me because there are actually people out there talking about there's a Georgia con- quarterback controversy right now. Oh, stop! Would you please? We saw what Stetson Bennett was last year for Georgia. There's no way that they're going back to that. JT Daniels is the guy, and I've been told if this was a more important game, he could have played. Yeah, you didn't need him to go up against yeah. UAB, but because you were oh, going it's UAB. up against that's right. UAB. It's UAB, not South Florida. They're yeah. the same color. Yeah. They're, they're, stop color schemes. There's <laughs> 8 billion of those. Stop doing that. <laughs> well, there are only so many uh, colors in the rainbow, buddy. Yeah, but put different ones together. <laughs> I do that constantly. TCU and Kansas State. Yeah. I will confuse those two until the end of my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I do exactly the same thing. But... There's not a quarterback controversy in Georgia. Can no. we please stop with that? DJ Uyongalele, we've talked about that overreaction. You just chill, folks. Now, there are some overreactions, though, that I could see being some merit to, like Iowa. There's a real path Iowa could make the college football playoff. No, there's not. No, there's not. You don't no, think they not. could? You don't think they could beat Ohio State now? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that'd be the only team to stand in their way. Three months from now, no. Oh, you think Quinn Ewers is going to come in and uh, take over that I job? I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, CJ Stroud's not necessarily the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very small part of it. The problem is the defense. And Ryan Day addressed that today, that we, we, we took 48 hours to really look at everything. Yep. Uh, and, and they're keeping the coordinator in place. But there's going to be some schematic changes. But then he was asked who's going to call the plays, and he went, don't think we're going to talk about that. That's a real good sign that it's uh, not the same person that it's been. Right. Who's an elite recruiter? Mm-hmm. He left and went to, he, he was somewhere in the NFL, when Urban Meyer gleaned over him for the defensive coordinator job. And then he came back. He's an elite recruiter, but they didn't recruit. They had, I think, one recruit in the top 100 defensively in the two years he was gone. Well, those kids would be seniors now. Right. So that's that's where you're lacking. That's where all the star power has gone. Mm-hmm. When you don't have that elite defender, it's harder to schematically beat a team like Oregon. No. I don't know. Ohio State, to me, they just... 
you know, after after the performance against Oregon and we were expecting so much more, I mean, after you got punched in the mouth against Minnesota and you you did survive, but then Oregon ran down your throats. What was mm-hmm. it, 263 yards of rushing against Ohio State this past week? It was a lot. It was bad. Uh, two things on the way out. Adam Schefter just tweeted, League sources believe Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy will emerge as a head coaching <laughs> candidate for USC. Ring that bell. I told you, it's the sexy pick. Bieniemy is from Southern California and has told confidants in the past that USC is one of the only jo- college jobs that might interest him. There you go. And and and, and couldn't you see him and, and that offense doing really well in the college game? I like Eric Bieniemy a lot. I don't know that I would want my first head coaching job to beat USC. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think he's an NFL coach. He will, in time, get an NFL job. The problem with Bieniemy is that he keeps he's on a staff that has been on two Super Bowls runs in a row yeah three now three in a row so oh yeah you're yeah. right three in a row yeah so by the time teams hire coaches they can't hire him so that's the that's the problem the mm-hmm. other one and i had to get this in just because he's somebody that i grew up watching and norm mcdonald passed away at oh. 61 today Man. snl alumni apparently he's had cancer for nine years really didn't tell anybody the quote from his publicist was something to the extent of he didn't want people to laugh at him because of his diagnosis, and right. he kept it quiet. That's one dude that I always respected in Hollywood was that just he always stuck to his guns, and he was funny all the time. He was always on. But you never had to guess how he felt. No, you uh, did but not. But he is somebody that I looked up to getting into the comedy game as somebody that's been a stand-up for a while. Yeah, uh, Very sad and, and T's and P's with... Uh, Everybody yeah. in his family and, and confidants and yeah, all that. Rest stuff. in peace, brother. Norm McDonald, gone too soon. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. We'll be back with you tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, power rankings in the Sportsocracy. Check us out at thesportsocracy.com.